Okay, what's going on, guys, and welcome to a brand new episode of Energize Ross. Introduce the guest, man. The guest is yourself, Basmo. Welcome to the show, man. Uh, for the first time in a very long time, we are just having a chat, just the two of us. Yeah. Uh, quite fitting as well. You know, we've got to the end of the year. It's been an absolutely insane year. And I think every year we probably go, oh, it's been a crazy year. But this year, like, <laughs> a year like no other, if, if we're brutally honest about it. And um, we're actually looking to make a difference for someone's Christmas this year. We have a massive competition at the moment. Uh, we're giving away 200 euro cash, energized t-shirt, energized hoodie, uh, Boston gloves worth like 190 euro, some pads and some wraps. You have to protect those hands, you know. So uh, that has been given away on Christmas Eve. So yeah. I think we're, this is Monday, so you have three days to enter. And, uh, did you mention, you mention the 200 euro? I think I mentioned that at the start. No? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I was just like, right, just reiterate that. Yeah, well, like at the moment, I think there's 210 entries. So, like, you're actually one in 200 chance of winning, which is like outrageous odds. Yeah. I think today we should just sort of like, like, we should go over this year's sort of winners and losers. We should go mm. into a bit like what we sort of make of the year itself, like in everything from MMA. Yeah. The boxing to the scene to what we plan on doing sort of next year because like the people who do tune in like thanks a million for everyone who tunes in because like it keeps us coming back every fucking week which is uh i like the, i like the way we're like right monday half seven we record like obviously you can vary sometimes if depending on the guest but uh like for instance we we're meant to have a guest today dylan morning on he was just fresh off that mcgregor hanging out with mcgregor in spain but like he's just an a-list celeb now so he said he'd come on next week you know but, uh, <laughs> he he dropped us. He dropped us like a hot potato. And he gave he gave us a decent amount of notice. I think yeah. we're supposed to have Tony Brown on as well, and uh, he could make it. But those two lads are probably hanging out together, uh, yeah. celebrating Tiernan Bradley's win over the weekend. So shout out to Tiernan, and then shout out to Stephen McKenna as well. Yeah, uh, both getting the job done, both getting finishes. So on the lads. Yeah. So like Ross, like before we actually get into sort of winners and losers of the year and this weekend's. UFC action where our mate Stephen Wonderboy Thompson won. Um, what do you sort of make of the year overall, Ross? Just sort of um, just COVID and 2020. Well, obviously, like from a personal standpoint, there was pros and cons. Like, I suppose for me personally, I was home a lot more. I got to spend more time with my son, who was only 18 months old, and you know, 40. I suppose 50 hours when you include maybe even 60 hours when you include like travel time to and from work the time I don't see him that like he was there and you know I probably would have missed his first steps I got to see them yeah. I probably would have like missed his first word I got to hear that you know what I mean uh, just like little things where you know he runs and crawls up your leg which sometimes gets annoying when you're you know on a, on a zoom call for work but <laughs> you know you, you appreciate it you know on the grand scheme thing so he's been watching too much Khabib yeah, he's been uh, he's coming in on those single legs. So, you know, I suppose I'm extraordinarily grateful for that. Obviously, I was only saying the baths before we jumped on. I was, it's like being on parole. If it, you know, I mean, you're allowed to live your life to a certain extent, but there's plenty of things you're not allowed to do, which this time last year you, you would have been able to do without worrying. Yeah. So crazy. Because, like, even ourselves when doing the show, obviously we've been doing it in a few years. But, like, I almost ride off the first couple of years because we didn't really know what we were doing, you know? Like, it wasn't... Like, yes, there were shows every week, but it was sort of like, oh, we'll talk about rugby this week, or we'll talk about football this week, or MMA. Like, it was... it was There was no set path. Yeah. And, like, now, I think... Like, when, when did we really just be like, right, it's MMA? I think the last 18 months have sort of definitely changed. There was also times where, you know, on pedals in the metal on the show and then you know we were doing edits and we were putting videos inside the videos and you know you upload to youtube like we were sitting there waiting until it got uploaded onto youtube uh we were there was no like should let that upload for for a few hours and then you know come back to it it, it was you were sitting there watching it upload we were grinding then, man and you're a gaff just like yeah sitting for hours waiting for shit to upload and then it wouldn't upload and then it's like oh my god on a monday night like just it'd be it wasn't sustainable it'd be oh. 12 o'clock night i'll be dropping bars home and you've you been at the gap since six o'clock yeah you know I mean? it just wasn't sustainable wasn't it as much as we loved no, it it was just it, it it wasn't working i don't know like, no, it, was, it was a secondary full-time job you know yeah. and like it still is to an extent but it, 
I must say, doing it on Zoom has made it so much easier. It's one steady flow through and it's one straight record. It's no snippets of this and snippets of that. Now, like I know we do the little short snippets to, for from promotional aspect or to yeah. for people to see what it's about, but like that takes about 20 minutes max <laughs> at a time compared to sitting there being, waiting for the video to upload, you know? Yeah. Man, it's so crazy. And then, like, sitting in your gaff, I know we had a few people come down to your gaff. Like, we had King County there. I remember first met him, and I was like, I was like, God, these, <laughs> these couches are lovely. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, hopefully he doesn't batter us. But, uh, no, that was unreal. Like, and shout out to Shane Dempsey for helping to set that up. That was, yeah. that was great. But then we were like, how are we going to get more and more guests into your gaff on a Monday at this certain time where, like, your parents don't mind? There's, like, mixed martial artists or rugby players or footballers mm. in the front room. And then your mad as a fanboy about Darren Conway or something, you know? It was uh, like, it was just, I, d- I didn't know how we were going to do it. And then, like, it was such a blessing in disguise. Like, I know COVID is a terrible thing. Mm. Myself and Ross were just talking about this 25 year old lad. Um, there was a tweet put out that uh, he had a full time job. Then COVID happened after a month. He lost his job. After two months, he broke up with his girlfriend and, and then he just committed suicide. So, like, Obviously, mental the mental health aspect of things is is unbelievable, and uh, obviously myself and Ross do so much. Well, we do as much. I know we could probably do more, but we do as much as we sort of can. By yeah, I think first of all, by putting out the show, keeps people like I feel like keeps some some people entertained. I know after a while, Ross, they people get to know us and know where we're sort of coming from, and then um, just like even the November thing, and. Um, I don't know. I'd like to do more, but like, uh, let's see what happens next year. Obviously, but um, yeah, then like getting Zoom and then inviting guests on, we were just like, oh my god, this is uh, we don't need to bring people to your gaff anymore, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I was trying to think there when you were saying that who's been to my gaff? It's like Will Flurry, Ian Gary, Lydia Desdolf. I think was Al Foreman in the gaff. I think he was. Al Foreman was in the gaff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who who else like made Keen County, of course. Uh. It was just more like like how. But it was also that was a lot of the like I think each time, bar Al Thorne, it was the first time we met all those people in person. Yeah, which is a bit like, welcome, come on in. Yeah, you know, have a cup of tea. Yeah, or Baz was like, make sure you have monster. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I can't believe the crazy shit we've done in this. And then like I think like the way Bellator have looked after us so well with the media credentials and Obama did as well, and now. I feel like we're, we're, we've almost we have a stamp now in Ireland that like mm. right if you name like the top five MMA shows in Ireland I'd say we're definitely in the top five and then um, like I, I made sure to message every one of our guests that came on this year saying thanks a million for coming on blah blah blah, blah, blah. have a happy Christmas but like now I, I know like things are sort of going a bit pear-shaped with the coronavirus Mm. But uh, I think next year with more events going to be opening up more, I think we'll be more certified to get credentials as well. So there'll be more events to go to. Therefore, we'll be rubbing shoulders with more people, making more connections, uh, getting more guests on. It's just sort of like we've already built up the ladder. Like, for instance, when COVID happened, originally the lockdown, we did 40 shows in a row and had like 37 guests on. Yeah, it was a mad one, really, to be honest. <laughs> Can you believe it? It was so yeah. funny. Like, I was like, right, Ross, you have to recite every guest we've had on in a row. Oh, You're pretty so- good at doing that. You were actually, for a while, you had them, like, all nailed off. But, like, people like Ross, like, Mikey Conlon, getting him on the show, that was, like, something mm-hmm. I, I, I thought, like, that was almost like a dream, you know, as in, like, I'd love to have Mikey Conlon on one day. I'd love to have Katie Taylor on one day. I'd love to have Connor on, on one day. But, like, to have him on, I couldn't even believe it. It was just real, like, oh, shit. You know? Yeah, because someone asked me, it's like, who who's like to have on more than anyone? I was like, oh, well, like, Katie Taylor is like that name that's like, we haven't checked off the list. And they're like, over oh, Connor, I was a bit like, I just have a feeling like when Connor retires, or whatever, you'll be able to get him. I feel like he'll do quite a bit of media. You know what I mean? As opposed to Katie Taylor, like, you know, you're getting Ron almost against her will. She doesn't want to be there. You know? She <laughs> wants to do an interview. She never wants to do an interview, but yeah. like, she's giving you her time. So, yeah. So, something like that. I just, I'm just like, oh, Kim and Katie Taylor. Watching that Santa there, I just think he's cool. Yeah, is that a picture of John? Uh, if he gives, he actually lights up as well, but I'll have to turn him on and that's about effort. And then his light will be going on in the background. Yeah, the people on Spotify can't see it. So, if you are, if you are tuning in, unless, unless we sign a Joe Rogan deal. 
Joe Rogan. I want to talk about him for a sec as well. But uh, yeah, if you are listening right now, make sure to subscribe. And uh, because on YouTube, we're on 854 subscribers. We need to hit a thousand as soon as possible. And then um, on Spotify, we have like 487. And so that's, that's doing pretty well. I don't look at the iTunes numbers, even though I probably should, but like just whatever. Uh, I'm, actually wearing the, I'm, much. I'm wearing the Joe Rogan thing right now. But Ross, have you been listening to Joe Rogan as much these days? Uh, not overly. But not because he's moved right now, not because I don't like the setup, because like I listen to him more than I did. But I just feel like because it's been darker these days, I haven't really been getting out as much, and I'm watching more on YouTube as well. So like, I feel like that's it. I I feel like the worse Arsenal do, the more Arsenal fan TV I watch. So like that yeah. takes up more of my time. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I haven't really yeah. been. I've I've watched a couple of clips because the full show isn't on YouTube now. I haven't really been watching. Mm. You know. But, uh, he still has his like YouTube channel there, and he still puts clips on it, which I'm almost surprised Spotify are letting him do. Yeah, he's probably like, do what he wants. Yeah, but it's sort of like the way you said you'd clip the stuff and put it on the Instagram wall as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, I suppose uh, it's his content, really, isn't it? Yeah, but like, what what are you sort of expecting? Like, obviously, no one could foresee this COVID COVID happening, but like uh, having all the guests on and being like, right, this is really really working now. It's almost like a blessing in disguise, isn't it? Yeah, it is, but it's, it's also so much more less of a logistical nightmare because yeah. like we are, we don't actually have to make it to the same location each yeah. time to do it. We can do it from afar. Our own living rooms. Yeah, so like you don't have to leave the gap. You know what I mean? That's so there's no ex- there's just no excuses. Now, would it be ideal if you had a room in your house and I had a room in my house and we had a cool backdrop in each? You know what I mean? Feel like um. Do you ever see DC and Hawani when yeah. they both have like the screen behind them? Yeah. Like, obviously, that's like you know the dream, but I don't think our budget is ESPN's budget. Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen in the future? I know obviously some people follow us now and have been in contact about what we're doing, and who knows what happens next year? Like how we just keep building it because um, something's something's happening and it's it has more of a path now than ever, and it's and it's almost like. It's, reborn in a way and we're like right we can mm. actually sort of we know what we're doing more now than ever really but you know yeah well let, let's sort of get into you know 2020 and let's yeah. talk about sort of the pre-covid moments you know the biggest moments probably were uh well in terms of ufc there was only two pay-per-views there was mcgregor cowboy you know return of the mac mm. uh then there was obviously adesanya versus romero i think it was and then sort of i think in terms of biggest fights, the next biggest fight was probably Wilder versus Fury too. What do you actually remember pre sort of COVID? Do you remember those events quite clearly, or do you feel like they were almost a whirlwind years ago? It is, it is sort of like what what would you say BC before COVID? Uh, yeah. Like, AC after COVID, or we're still doing COVID, so well, it's BC and the present time, yeah, it's DC at the moment during COVID. <laughs> during COVID. Um, oh, it's just, it's just so crazy, like, because, like, I don't know, man, like, it's it's so crazy doing this. Like, I've put my whole entire life and heart and everything into this, and all you have as well, but like, now, like, before COVID, like, I was fucking depressed in my fucking brains, like, I was coming off like the worst Christmas of my life, and I was just like. This is a lot of bollocks, and then now, like, then I lost my job, and then now I have a job, and like, I'm just keeping busy, and I'm just focused on work and this, and working this, work this, and then a bit of training when I can fit in. But uh, I don't know. I feel like not only is the world reborn, but I feel like I'm slightly reborn as well, and like that's why I'm just really, really happy to go into next year a better person, and with money, and with I don't know, just a, more of a path. Like when I was working with radio, I was just like, I was like, I'm so close yet so far. Like I'm shaking hands with Roy Keane, shaking hands with Paul McGrath. Like who else, whose hand do I need to shake? And then now it's just like, I was grinding to, because we wanted to get on the radio. And now it's just yeah. like, ah, whatever. Like I'm, I'm happy to do this for the rest of my life because I know things keep building. The way now we're doing a massive giveaway with Foy uh, Store Media. They're like, here, next competition, we'll do this. And it was like, all right, Grant. Like, I mean, they already want to work with us. So like, mm. I mean, other people want to come to the show. Other people have asked come to the show. So to answer your question, I don't know what the question really was. 
Right. Oh, well, I was just talking about pre COVID, but I suppose we'll th- we'll talk about the first one. It looks like Conor McGregor is going to fight like nearly a year to the day yeah. afterwards. Do you, like obviously, COVID was a massive issue with him. He didn't want to fight in front of no fans. He didn't want to, you know, UFC didn't want to like roll out their, you know, their prize cash cow without a massive gate behind it. Do you yeah. think UFC is accepting that maybe COVID isn't going to go away for a while? And they might as well make that massive pay per view money off him. Yeah, because we were we were buzzing for him at the beginning of this year because uh, obviously we get more views when Connor's involved, and he was like, "I'm doing a season," and we were like, "Yes," because he hadn't fought since Mayweather, and he hadn't fought before yeah. that since Khabib. Khabib. Oh, Khabib was after Mayweather, wasn't it? Yeah, Khabib was after Mayweather. Yeah. So before that, it was like was it Diaz too. No, no. It was Eddie Alvarez, was it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, so it was ages. And like we were like, fuck's sake, just when we sort of get going a bit. But uh, yeah, so now he's coming back next year and it's he, he looks more determined than ever. He looks like he's like really, really knuckled down. I think I think COVID's definitely helped. You yeah. know, because like you had to stay in, so therefore he had to stay in. But um, I, th- I, think, I think the UFC are sort of like, right, this isn't really leaving anytime soon. Let's get him on board. Mm. Definitely, I, I definitely do think so. Um, and tell me, tell me about the boxing world. Uh, we sort of seen twenty twenty sort of saw the heavyweights, f- f- you know, play out, and we're left with twenty twenty one with the big fight, Joshua Fury, yeah. which probably most people, if they could actually get any fight, it would have been that fight from from the get go. Um, it, you know, back in twenty nineteen when you were sort of left with. The big three, and then it's about five or six fringe players in there, like you know, your Dillian Whites, you know, your Lewis Ortiz. Andrew Reeves only became a fringe player by beating Joshua. Um, we want to know who was the best out of the big three. Uh, obviously, Fury and Wilder fought not once but twice. Fury, I think, won every minute of both fights, bar about you know, two minutes. Uh, (laughs) nine seconds on the mat, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Um, and then, you know, Joshua had his own ups and downs. It'd be interesting to see what the sort of play would be if Joshua never lost to Ruiz. I'd, I'd like to see how it was viewed. Uh, They're both still undefeated. Yeah. But I still think people will fancy uh, Tyson Fury to get the job done. I don't think Joshua's gone out there and, like, dominated in such a fashion where people are like, that was brilliant. I feel like Joshua's always just been sort of, like, the better athlete or, like, you know, He's a young lion fighting, you know, an old horse. If that yeah. makes sense, like when he was fighting yeah. Pulev, you sort of look at those Eastern European guys, and you're just like they're tough as nails. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to put them away easily. But then he's also forty, so yeah. Like, Josh was, you know, an absolute Adonis of a of a physical specimen. So you're just like, oh, he'll eventually put him away, really. Yeah. Um. So oh, I'm definitely looking forward to that fight. I'm probably looking forward to that fight more than any MMA fight as well because I feel like that is the fight I need to see in 2021. Okay, bar that, bar, bar that one, uh, Joshua and Friuri, and we'll get into that. What fight in MMA are you looking forward to that you could almost compare? Well, I'm really interested to see John Jones versus whoever the heavyweight champion is, whether it be in Ganu or whether it be Stipe. It looks like they're going to do Stipe and Ganu first. Yeah. I just want to see how John Jones does a heavyweight. Because if he and, 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 belt, and then what? Not to call him like absolute goat. You know okay, I mean? so, okay. So say John Jones fights Stipe Miocic. Would you rather see that fight or Joshua versus Fury? Probably Joshua Fury. I just think it could like, yeah, it's been three or four years in the making. You know what I mean? Yeah. If it was, if it was, you know, if DC went down and beat Stipe that time, it was like DC versus Jones the headweight. Like I might be more intrigued by that. Would you? I like, yeah, but it'd be like, oh, because the backstory. The backstory, and you're always like, "Can DC get it revenge eventually?" You know what I mean? So, but it, the third time, it yeah, is a charm. It, but like I always, I always said that I thought DC was better at heavyweight because he didn't have to cut that weight. Like he put it this way, DC is a bit chubby, and when you are a bit chubby, like it's hard to cut the weight. When you're all muscle, like you're just draining yourself of all water. Like yeah. you can't drain yourself of fat. It's. The thing is, right, Joshua Fury, right, and that's definitely if that is the only fight I want to see next year, right? Yeah. 
Um, I don't want, I don't want any like. Don't give me this Usyk in the middle. Yeah, Usyk. You see, the thing is, man, I think Usyk could be a major bump in the road. So, like, why take that fight when, like, the cash is with Fury? But the thing is, I, and this is no offense to Joshua because I know he watches the show, but I don't think he really wants to get in the ring with Fury. No, sure. He was asked afterwards, like, who, who, who are we going to fight next? He was like, oh, no, whoever the fans want me to fight next. And he was like, fans, who do you want to see him fight next? And he's like, do you want to see him fight Toys Fury? And he's like, yeah, grand, I'll fight Toys Fury. And then it was like, are you the best boxer in the world? It was like, well, I know how good I am. And it's like, and then I think Toys Fury was on Jonathan Ross. And he was like, who do you want to fight next? And he was like, Anthony Joshua. And he was like, who's the best boxer in the world? It's like, me, obviously. You know what I mean? It's a different ball game. But then should, should he be made going and fighting then? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, in the UFC, if people don't want to fight each other, they don't. Ah, it's, it's quite rare that like the number one contender is not going to fight for the belt though. I know, but it's sort of like it's it's so strange because it's a fight everyone wants to see. Everyone wants to see this. This is the one boxing fight that like everyone is going to watch. Whether you think Josh is going to win or Fury is going to win, I think a lot of people are saying Joshua because they have to because they're friends with him. But like Tyson Fury is the best out there, and uh, I think his matchup against Joshua is just is it's almost perfect. Yeah, but maybe for Joshua- Fury to win. Maybe Joshua knows how good Fury is. He knows he's the underdog going into the fight. Yeah, but there's no harm losing to the greatest that there's been in a long, long time. Like that's that's where I see Fury. Yeah, but maybe Joshua's doing a bit of a, a Jose Mourinho and just been like, oh no, no, he's the best. He he's he's the champ. He's the, he's the great. You know what I mean? So therefore, like if he loses, it's like well, I told you they were the best anyway. And then like if he wins, you know he's he's playing himself down. I think that could be his look at it. But I think it's more like the running away. Like they, he's already made his millions. Like how, how, like how much money would Joshua have in his bank account? Ten million? Uh, no, more than that. Not twenty. Oh no, more than that. What? Yeah, man, I'd say. Well, forty million. Well, he, he was selling out to Wem- Wembley Arena time after time, and he was like, yeah, but like a Carl Froch was doing that as well, like as we have all heard. Yeah, no, well, he did it once. It's where he did it every week. By the by, the way he goes on. Uh, <laughs> But like also, Josh was like big draw on pay per view. Like when he went over to Saudi Arabia, he would made at least twenty million. I'd say off that fight alone. Okay, so let's say Joshua has fifty mil. Fifty bank. million. Okay, he's already made fifty million, and like he's mm-hmm. he's what thirty, one thirty two. Yeah, let me just check that. But sure, I think I think was a Tyson Fury made eighteen million off the Wilder fight. Did he give that all away? By the way, did he? I don't think so, but like I'm sure you gave some of the way he seems to be Josh was, sort of guy. Josh was 31. He turned 31 in October the 15th. But um, yeah, yeah, but he's already made like 50 million, so he's he's set for life, right? Like fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. That this fight was when Joshua was just about to come out, come into the scene. The way uh, Mayweather fought Canelo, that would have been a bit different. But at this stage now, he's made all his money. He can go out and fight this, and then like he can retire after as the greatest or whatever like he has all this money there's nothing nothing to be worried about financially so no, why apparently not Joshua, apparently Joshua has a net worth of 80 million that's why like I mean stop running away and let's get this fight on this is a fight everyone wants to see this is one that everyone's going to tune into like this Usyk thing if Usyk comes see this is the biggest problem right if Usyk comes in and wins which I actually think he could do as well which is the against who now against Joshua against Joshua yeah then the Fury Joshua fight is just totally off, and yeah, then Fury like, has Usyk, no one to fight. It's Usyk versus Fury. Yeah, Fury. Yeah, but then like no one's signing up for Usyk. For, I know they will, but I mean, it's it's not like this is this is it. Like the two champs, one one champ. Yeah, it's it's also like London versus Manchester as well. It's it's as big as it comes, man. Yeah. This Usyk thing, Usyk then Fury and Usyk Joshua. It's it's not the same. It's just not the same, and like. The fans want this. This is what the fans want. Usyk wants this as well, you know? But, definitely, uh, definitely. Just give us that fight, man. That's 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 what we want to see. That's that's what the fans want to see, you know? Right, Basmo. Give us your three biggest winners in MMA for 2020 and then two losers. Because we want more winners than losers. Yeah, everyone loves a winner, don't they? Okay, three biggest winners in the UFC this year. Go Kevin Holland, number one. Yeah. Five wins in the UFC in the calendar year. Unbelievable. <laughs> Another winner 
would have to be I'll go I don't know actually I don't like the the, the silent pause it's like <laughs> number two I'll go Dana White what like what he's doing this year for not only that's MMA, great too. I was gonna pick him that's a good show yeah not only MMA but like the world yeah and like not to overhype it or undersell it the way he's given so much more people enjoyment, something to look forward to. Like, we've had shows every week, Ross, like during this yeah. pandemic. Crazy. Like, we've actually been too blessed with content. Um, Like, even the way, the amount of viewers, it's after Robin from the NFL, from the, the NBA, mm-hmm. all their viewers are going down. And, like, the, the UFC, like, even that, uh, it was, what, Joaquin Buckley? Saquon yeah. Buckley? Joaquin Buckley, that, like, that spinning kick knockout of the... Um, of, of the year that went absolutely viral like even like it had like people's grandparents retweeting it you know yeah so Dana White just everything he's done with the collaborations with like getting the Nelt boys on getting like I don't know even the way yeah like, they've really gone outside the box haven't they it's so it's like people clowned on Eddie Hearn for getting KSI and Logan Paul on but then like he's just taking a leaf out of Dana White's book yeah, but it's either you're going with the times or you're not. You know what I mean? So you might as well go with them. Well, that's it. Like, I mean, that's it. I mean, now, in saying that, we haven't crossed over to TikTok, but look, look at the way, for instance, like Jay Paul's after bringing so much more notoriety again to this Conor McGregor fight against Poirier as if he needed anymore. Just all this sort of stuff. Obviously, we're going to talk about that with uh, Dylan Moore next week because he was with Conor when all this stuff went out. So that would have been good this week. But that's next week's show anyway. But... um. Yeah, so two winners so far. Kevin Holland, Dana White, and number three. Maybe like a, a Jan Blackovic or a Figueredo. I was actually going to go Kazma Chimaev. Going from being on the undercard. Nobody known him. You didn't know him. I didn't know him. To being the most known guy in the UFC at one certain stage. So I got Yeah, over a million Instagram followers. Like, not yeah. many people have that. Yeah, but I remember I heard Chael Sonnen talking about it. He's gone from being on the undercard to then fighting twice in a week and then fight one more time at middleweight and then he was meant to co-headline the last event of the year and then if he had won that impressively he would have been fighting for the title in the new year against uh, uh, Kamaru Usman so I'll go with the three winners in the in MMA for me Dana White Kevin Holland and Kazma um, two losers Honorable, honorable mention as well for Graham Bowen and what he's done with Cage Warriors as well. I think uh, Cage, I think Cage Warriors have, have Cage Warriors was unbelievable, Ross, wasn't it? Like we are yeah. now balls deep in Cage Warriors. Uh, balls deep. Shout out to Bellator as well because we are having Big John and uh, Josh Thompson on the show in a couple of weeks' time to talk about what Bellator's plan is for the future. So that's going to be really interesting as well because I'm really interested to see how are they going to sort of. They haven't really dominated the European market the way Cage Warriors is really, really dumb. Dom- like. Do- like got in there so fast you know yeah it's like Cage Warriors sort of went a bit viral in a way but whereas Bellator have, have just been gradually grinding you know so it's it's strange um, do you want to give your three biggest winners and then we both give the biggest losers uh, I can do um, I'm going to like do like a sort of a joint one and it's smoke a joint no no uh, it's Figueredo and Jan Blackfish to start off with like they both uh, benefited from people relinquishing their belts. Um, Figueredo has reinvigorated that flyweight division. He's gone three zero and one. Um, I suppose it's almost like going four and zero because when you draw for your own belt, you keep the belt, and then Do you get another belt then. I I actually don't know what way that works. Out. I don't think I don't think they're giving out belts anymore like that. But and then in terms of. Uh, Jan Blackovich, you know, and I think if you told me at the start of 2019 even that by the end of 2020, Jan Blackovich would be the light heavyweight champion, I, I, I'd say, geez, he must absolutely fluke a lucky punch against John Jones, you know, because I didn't see that happen whatsoever. It's that Polish uh, power, him and Bisping, that Polish blood. Yeah, that Polish blood indeed. Uh, another big winner for me this year has to be Israel Adesanya. Um, you know, he went two and zero. He like took on the two scariest dudes in the middleweight division in Yoel Romero and Paulo Costa, 
Um, obviously, the Romero fight was a bit bland and a bit boring. It wasn't what people were expecting, but he beat the brakes off Paolo Costa. And I'll be the first to admit, I thought Paolo Costa was going to win that fight. I haven't watched the old Romero fight and seen how tense he was. I was like, you can't, you can't be that tensive against Paolo Costa because he's going to come in and go for you. It was a terrible game plan. It's still the worst game plan I've seen in the UFC history by Paolo Costa. But Adesanya made a show. <laughs> End up the, worst, the worst game plan since my Tinder chat up lines. Oh, stop it. <laughs> and it, he also came up um, and commentated on the um, Tyson or Mike Tyson, yeah, Roy Jones Jr. card. So, I mean, he he transitioned across as well, which is like outrageously impressive. And then my final win- winner is going to be Khabib or Magomedov. He went twin doing no. He he's retired. I see him as retired, and he put his name in there for goat status. So not many people get to do that, and not many people get to go out on top. So I'm going to put Khabib in there as a big winner in the MMA world of 2020. Random question now: Do you think Khabib would ever box Conor McGregor? No, I just don't see that. Not in zoo for boxing, though. No, I just I, I, I just, just don't see the point of it. I know. I, you see. Khabib's still very young, man. I just can't believe... Like, I know he, he, he comes across as someone who's like, I'm retired and that's it. But, like, Dana is like, I'm meeting him in January to sort something out. Because, like, something's going to happen with this lightweight title because it's, uh, it's all over the shop, to be honest. It makes things even more interesting, to be honest, in a weird way. Especially because of the Riviera one. But, uh, tell, tell, tell us, who's the losers of 2020? Losers of 2020. Would you want me to go first? Yeah. Uh, my first pick is Tony Ferguson. Tony Ferguson went into the year the number one contender. He had a bout schedule, Khabib and made up. It was going to be a massive payday and everything. He went in, he lost Justin Cagey. He almost retained number one contender status after um, Khabib retired. So, you know, all he had to do was win one fight and he was going to be in there for a title shot. And he lost every round in 2020 between the Oliveira fight and the Justin Gaethje fight so I think it was a very very bad year for Tony Ferguson and who knows if we'll ever actually get to see him in the UFC octagon again I think they might keep him on yeah well they potentially could but it's, it was definitely a bad year for him and the other loser of 2020 for me is Leon Edwards oh man he didn't get to fight for the whole year he was supposed to headline in London. It was a number one contender fight against Tyron Woodley. And judging on the way Tyron Woodley fought his last few fights, he would have won that. Yeah. He would have been a number one contender. He would have fought Kamara Usman on Fight Island. He then would have got, if he'd won that as well, he probably would have got fight Jorge Masvidal uh, for the belt on a massive pay-per-view. And he missed out on probably two, if not three, very large paydays. The Leon Edwards one is an absolute shout. I'll go with a bit of a curveball. And just because they're slightly involved in the scene, two biggest losers of 2020, Chris D'Elia and Brian Callan. Oh, wow. Jesus, uh, that, that, is a, that is a bit of a curveball. And I suppose when someone gets their living taken away from them, and especially over an accusation as well, which I like, look, I think Chris D'Elia is almost dead to rights, if you know what I mean. Brian Callan looks like he has some form of defence. Uh, he's sort of come out publicly and said he didn't do it. Chris Lee has, you know, gone to hiding by the looks yeah. of things. So, like, he, he looks guilty as seen. But that's only me from the outside looking in. Yeah. Like, who knows? We can only speculate, but they yeah. haven't been on Joe Rogan's podcast. They haven't, they haven't been on Brian, uh, Brendan Schaub's podcast. Brendan Schaub's almost has moved on totally. He has two, two other comedians there. He's doing his tours. I don't, I don't really know what way that show is going. I don't... Like, I know this is going to sound strange. Like, we were meant to have Brendan on the show and then all these accusations came out so he, like, didn't come on because, obviously, mm. we were only going to talk about that. I wish we had had him on a few weeks in advance so then we didn't have to get into that. But, like, it's, it's sort of the way things were evolving and 
the more and more you sort of stay within your community and you sort of understand what the people want, what people want to listen to, the way we were looking at the numbers, like people weren't watching the football ones as much as the MMA ones, even though a lot of people really liked the football ones, they're like, where's the football show is gone? It was just like, look, like we sort of have to like put all of our energy into sort of one sort of scene. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So we're not like come talk about how good Solskjaer is doing or bad yeah. or, you know, they're in total race or not. I think this has made our show better, but yeah. I think I think Brendan Schaub is almost not in the loop now. And uh, well, you, well, you feel like there's that level of transparency that you probably have with Joe Rogan, you have with Brendan Schaub. Like no, no discussion was off the table, and once they take a discussion off the table, you question how real they are. If that makes sense. Now I understand sort of the Brian Callum thing and the Chris thing that like maybe you can't make any statements because you know it's going to be a legal case or whatever, but. I feel like Chris Lee, they didn't even say they stand by him or they don't. You know what I mean? Yeah. They ignore it. I feel like with Brian Callum, Brent Chab says he stands by him, but like, like if you don't think he did it, well then he should probably be on the show now. Yeah, he's, he's just gone way more flashier as well, Ross. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it's almost it, like he, he doesn't have like that like annoying uncle being like, he can't wear that, man. Yeah, him. that's the thing. Yeah, he's like, he's just got, like, he's just almost like, living like an A-list celeb now and he's yeah. like he was almost like he basically sort of was on to, 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 to the streets in the in sort of like a B like a, a B plus celeb we, we were almost mm. like make the pretty go like remember he was like presented on the SPs or something we were yeah. like yeah go on Brandon you're legend like he's gradually getting bigger and bigger and bigger and then now he's almost left everyone behind and like he's still like for Ross's birthday last year for 29 I bought him two tickets for the Brendan Shab live tour in Dublin and he still hasn't come and I haven't gotten the money back. And I'm sort of like, I don't even know if, I don't know what the buzz is going to be if or when he comes, but he said he's going to go, come to Europe first before going to Australia. But like, who knows what that scene would be like? Cause mm. I'm not overly keen on his comedy. It's more the way he like talks about fighting. I am interested in, but like, I mean, who knows? Maybe like who, who really knows? Who really knows? Yeah. We'll probably go anyway, just for a bit of buzz. Why yeah. not? Yeah, because people um, that like our stuff will be there as well. It's a it's a bit of a crossover, but who knows? Maybe th- this is a time to reflect and then there. Uh... And uh, Basmo, I'm gonna ask you the same question. Give me three winners and two losers of anyone outside of MMA. What do you mean, like you can be football, it can be rugby, uh, it can be golf, tennis, wherever you want. Give me three winners and then two losers. Three winners. Or if you want, I'll go first. Yeah, go on. Yeah. Uh, winner number one, Marcus Rashford. Uh, yeah. What what a guy. And the charity work he's done over the year has been absolutely incredible. He's fed like literally millions of people. He's raised millions of pounds. He's also like changed the laws in the UK. Uh, all while like also being, you know, the face of like Black Lives Matter for Manchester United as well. So like he. he all at the age of what, 23, 24? No, he's 23 now, isn't he? he? Put it this way, in his you know, lower 20s anyway, he's you know, the face of football. 23, now. October 31st. He's, yeah, he's, he's an incredible human being, really, to be honest. Yeah. Um, then also another big winner is Lewis Hamilton. Uh, he won the Grand Prix in Basel. I know you love a good Grand Prix documentary. You're all there Formula <laughs> 1. Uh, he's tied Michael Schumacher for most ever Formula One championships, so that is very, very impressive. And then my third winner is I've only seen it in the last week is Tiger Woods Jr. I think his name is Charlie Woods. Like I played golf the weekend and I watched him. I think he's only eleven, and he, he looks like he is going to be the next Tiger Woods. He is that good. He was the I think it was like 175 yards out and like put the ball like two foot from the flag. I was like, and they showed his swing in line with his dad's swing and it was like the exact same swing. No, it's, it, it's incredible. So that's definitely uh, one to watch out for, I'd say. Um, for losers, um, I'm going to say, weirdly enough, even though like they were actually massive winners, the Liverpool football team for not actually getting to celebrate win the Premier League 
for the first time in 30 years in front of that's the That's cold. That's cold, man. That, but, like, I feel bad for them. I feel like that. I feel like they lost because they didn't get to lift that trophy in front of all their fans. I know their fans have probably almost been like, we won it for the first time in 30 years. It was brilliant. Thanks very much. But that was, for me, if I was a Liverpool fan, I would have been heartbroken over that. Uh, they deserve that big parade. And then. Yeah, geez, that would have been unreal. Yeah, they still had a massive set outside the stadium and like broke all the COVID guidelines, but the players weren't there for that. And YOLO, then, as you'd always say. And then my second lose, I'm going to say the Irish rugby team. I feel like it was a year that wasn't that good to them. I know it's a bit of a transition period, but I just don't feel like they live up to the standard that we we look for them uh, this year. So I'm going to say the Irish rugby team as well. All right, that's a good one. Uh, okay, I have a couple of winners. First one is obviously Katie Taylor for what she's done this year. Like, just... I don't know, like, she's definitely one of my top three favourite, like, athletes ever. It's crazy. What, what yeah, she especially, she shows. especially the way she uh, came back and be pursuing that, like, much clearer this time around. Yeah, just dedication to the craft. It's, it's something I want my kid or... Yeah. Definition of a role model in the sport. Yeah, just, yeah, just a pure role model. I know, obviously, you said Rashford and Hamilton, but like, obviously, I can't start picking them again. Second winner this year, I'd have to say, is Conor McGregor. I'd have to give it to him as well for everything he did during the pandemic, paying loads of money, paying off SPG Port Arlington to get that back back up and running. Like all the stuff he invested into, flying um, equipment equipment for COVID and stuff. The way, like the way he. His name was so tarnished last year for everything he's, he's done this year. He's definitely back up and trying to fix things. And in fairness, what would anyone do if they made $100 million and they mm. came from the streets? I mean, you know? That's, that sounds what, like what uh, Darren Hill said about him. It, it, I don't know if you saw that interview, did you? Darren Hill was like, of course he's changed. Like, Is that with, around, $100 million. Was, was that with James English? Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, I saw that clip, yeah. Um, then the third one, Biggest winners, I say, up the the dubs, you up the dubs, man. Yeah, the, the men and the women, the men and the women and the minors. Um, six in a row, um, six in a row for the men, four in a row for the women, like absolute domination. Brian, Brian Fenton, he's going to probably retire with over 10 Sam McGuire's. It's actually, it would be ridiculous. I'd love to see, see his house when that happens. Um, who's his partner in the field? Connolly, was it? And uh, no, no, I think it's. I, I think they actually mix it up because I think sometimes uh, McCarthy plays in midfield. Yeah, it's McCarthy. Plays, yeah, so McCarthy plays halfback. Yeah, so McCarthy has won, I think they said, eight all rounds as well. It's mm. ridiculous. Uh, I don't see that stopping him. Have... <laughs> he must have eight as well. He's, yeah, been, he's been goals since I was a baby. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but even that final there, the way they scored in 13 seconds, and then they compared it to McGregor with the knockout of Aldo in 13 seconds. Jeez, I love the internet. Uh, biggest losers, Ross. I'd have to go with the uh, Irish football team. They massively let us down, but we haven't had that much talent. I didn't think about that. I know you mentioned the rugby. I was gonna, I was gonna pick Jake Stockdale, but I was just like, maybe not. That's too direct. So the Irish football team for letting us down. But well, pick them now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I just just giving him an honourable mention yeah. on how to knuckle down and take watch Kate Hayer's documentary over the Christmas time. But uh, the Irish, the Irish football team massively let us down. Although we're still kind of, a few of us are contemplating going over to see Ireland against Portugal. <laughs> yeah, just to see Ronaldo though. Just to see Ronaldo and Bruno. And Bruno. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, then one one more loser, Ross. What about Deontay Wilder? Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll give that to Deontay Wilder for uh, saying like his jacket was too heavy and something wrong with his uh, this, that, and the other. So many yeah. more so more excuses than than uh, solutions. In my eyes. Also, I want to give a massive shout out to Darren Conway as well this year. He's uh, he's really kicked on to another level. And next year, he like once he has the possibilities to do stuff, mm. he'll have big opportunities. And also, Joe, the lads from First Thought as well, next year is going to be massive for them as well. Doing a tour with yeah. Snoop Dogg after everything that happened this year. And like to be honest, like obviously we don't stand by people who do racist stuff, but if these lads really were racist, do you think Snoop Dogg would have them on tour? And I think the correct answer is no, he wouldn't. So therefore, they aren't. That's what I believe. Yeah. Yo, but, how much do people, especially in Ireland, love like 
when someone goes against them, just jumping on that bandwagon, like, that is disgraceful. I agree. And then, like, give their two cents on it when they know nothing about it. Yeah. It's such an Irish thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's just, just the way it's it is. Like, like, it's, it's been like your man on the dart who was, uh, I don't know if people have seen this clip, who, like, these kids were getting, like, thrown off the dart. And then this guy was, like, telling the guards, was like, and that fella. And that fella, and, like, you could <laughs> see inside him, he was, so, did you see this clip? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your yeah. man literally got reefed out of the dart. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, and then your man was like, "Go on, the guards." He was like, "Go on, lads, you're doing great." He was like, "And this one, and that one." <laughs> and he, he probably the Billy Big Balls. He was ratting out all the lads. Well, like he was probably getting pissed off in the dark and couldn't do anything. Like standing yeah, up against right. like four or five lads, it could be intimidating enough, you know. But uh, yeah, that's sort of wraps up the winners and losers, Ross. Um, yeah. Let us know in the comments below who your winners and your losers of 2020 were. Yeah, but just before we wrap things up, Ross, like it has been a crazy year. Getting the guests on, like I know, like it's it's totally changed everything we've done. Like um, even the messages that we've got in touch with the people, just saying thanks for coming to the show and stuff. They're writing back. It was uh, it's mad humbling. You're sort of like this is crazy. This is um, this is exactly what I thought it would be. Like I did, like in some sort of realm, I didn't know it would be like Zoom and how this this is the feeling yeah. but i knew i knew we were going to go up a ladder and like this this is what happens you know you have to make you have to make your own tracks you know you, like no one's going to hand you everything anything because everyone's trying to do their own thing and uh, I, I think i think what's the phrase is like make hay while the sun shines or something like that you know what i mean yeah. I, I feel like we've taken the best yeah. of bad bad situation yeah we've ran with it and you know i don't know how many people over locked in said to me like geez man you got so many guests on all the time i was like People were at the start of lockdown were looking for something to do, and you know we were providing that bit of entertainment from. You can only look back and think if this hadn't happened, what where would we be now, sitting on your I couch? Know, yeah. You know what's mad though? I actually think looking back, doing like the fourteen row, I almost wish we did like one every second day. Yeah, but the I thing is, like we did, we thought that we thought the the, the fourteen row was the thing. At the time. No, no, but like also, I thought I thought we'd get out. Of, lockdown very quick so i was like oh yeah, we should have got the 40 in the row uh, like you know what i mean whereas like i didn't know this was going to be sustained period it, it was like lent for uh, podcasters <laughs> it was it was but yeah i mean you know i mean it's at least like when we look back at covid we'll be like right well this is what we did this what this is how driven we were like everyone i think everyone knows how consistent we've been like sometimes I've been mad depressed and then like I had to do a show and I had to be like, yeah, going buzzing. And then like, obviously even today I wasn't on top form over the weekend. And then it's just like, you, you have to do it because it's not just for you. It's, I believe this is going to be, this is going to help my, me and my family in the future and stuff. And it's just, um, this is, this, you have to go through these times for the good times to happen. Like even have, like getting Stephen Wonderboy Thompson on the show as well, like doing the live show, that that was like the beginning of all just before all this COVID stuff for us. Mm. So like it's it I know we had the forty people in we've had more guests than that, but just like we it, it's kicked off really when we had Wonderboy Thompson sitting there doing a live show with him. I know we had MVP and Will Fleury and Kiefer Crosby on, but that was really like right, we've made it now. Not like made it, made it, but like right, we're we're in we're in the door, you know? Yeah, well, definitely. It was a it was a great start to the year and sort of it's gonna be a tough year for us to top next year, to be honest. Yeah, but like now, like I sort of had a bit like, is it Stockholm syndrome? No, what's the one? Well, with, uh, impo- the no, sorry, no, sorry, imposter syndrome. I had a bit of that, like before. I remember the first time for the Bellator. I remember I had to go and do the interviews for myself. I was like, oh, I'm not meant to be here. But like now, we, we've had somebody guests on now that it's like I'm not. I, I don't feel like we're sort of blagging it. Like remember we had Gary V in the show. We had yeah. no mics around, and we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. Looking back now, Ross, how ridiculous was that interview? Because like he must have looked at us and been like, "These lads are just pure spoofers." Yeah, but if, if we actually knew that you needed a microphone, <laughs> we would have actually got microphones. You know what I mean, we didn't actually know, but if we did know, we would have got them. You know what I mean, it, it wasn't like we weren't so much blagging that we actually were just un, unaware. Unaware. Yeah, just naive and yeah. Just two lads. Better words. Yeah, we were, two lads. We were actually trying our best. Yeah, we were just trying our fucking best. I, I love to see what people said about us then, just being like, those who are fucking ages. Like, remember we were talking about um, moving away and what, what else did we talk? What videos did we make again? Uh, oh, we we're like, move away. This is one on. Immigration. Yeah. Uh, remember, we did one uh, on depression. Uh, yeah. It was, it was just like, we, were, we, we didn't know what we were doing, man, you know? 
Yeah, oh man, it was it was silly carry on really, but, it but was, we 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 loved it. If you know, we were like so passionate about it after doing the the what was it the radio presenting course. We were like, right, we're doing this, and we know we're not going to get a hand, so we're just fucking doing it ourselves, you know. Yeah, well, we knew what we were trying to do. We just didn't know exactly how to implement it. I mean, and you know, when you're you've never created content before, and then you're trying to create content, it's not as straightforward as you actually think. Yeah, this, and this this is before we even had Instagram as well. If you think about it, which is so crazy if you think about it. Yeah, like and know, OnlyFans before OnlyFans as well. Oh, stop. Swipe up. What a joke. But uh, crazy, crazy year. Crazy year. Shout out to Joe Delaney for being our first ever guest. Yeah, shout out to Joe Delaney. <laughs> it's, it's gonna. It's just gonna be ne- like next year. Like we sort of know what's going on. You know, we're just like right. It's great. It's great feeling to actually sort of know, know where you want to go. Yeah. Oh, it definitely is. Yeah, and then like there's more events, more competitions, more guests. Yeah, and then like because the power resume, we can just get them on and it's it's exciting it's exciting i can't wait for next year just and then like obviously conor mcgregor's fighting in january like obviously we were talking about floyd mayweather taking on logan paul that's on in february like that's going to be an interesting i mean oh, the, then like hopefully fury joshua is going to be in march and then like there's loads of fights coming up next year and like we'll obviously go into that further and other shows and what we're looking forward to but uh man it's been a crazy year crazy crazy year Man, it's been absolutely insane. It like, is like looking back at some of our, like I actually have a YouTube page open here and like just like there's almost people you, you forget we had like Greg O'Shea on. Yeah, you know what I mean like you know Reese McLennigan could be one like where we go. We actually interviewed that and he won a gold medal in the Olympics. You know what I mean things like that are, are absolutely insane. Greg O'Shea could win one for the sevens as well. You know what I mean? Uh, Guillaume Balaguer. You know what I mean I think he was like something you always forever wanted on. We got on the show, you know, like these people are, are crazy to have on. But that's the thing, it's the graft. I'm proud of yeah. the graft, I'm proud of the graft we put in. I mean, I, I, like, like it, it is probably a bit more difficult for you because, like, you have Tia running around giving you single legs and stuff, but like, it's just, um, it, it, I think this is all gonna come good, like, you know, and uh, I think it is coming good. Like, this was the dream in general, just to do a show together and have people engage and enjoy it and watch it and follow it and look for it the next week and having the guests on and become really yeah. good mates. Like, I feel like with, like, Ian Gary, we're really good mates. With Dylan Moore, we're really good mates. Some of these lads are, like, really good mates. Obviously, we met Ian. We haven't met Dylan, but, like, just all that stuff next year. And then, I don't know, it's just going to be really, really exciting. And, like, even the way Stevie and Aaron's agent got on to us to have the, the lads on. Yeah, who knows what's going to happen next year? It's going to be it's it's exciting times, man. It's exciting times, and it only just keeps getting better and more. We yeah. get more. Get more. Twenty twenty one is going to be a big year for the lads, and um, I'm looking forward to. It. So I think that sort of wraps up, lads. And that's that about that. Happy Christmas to everyone. Make sure Happy to enter Christmas. the competition as well. Make sure to like, share, subscribe, and as always, stay energized. Stay energized, baby. <laughs>